Hey everybody, I'm Eddie Starr, and this is the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge. Class is now in session. This is where the music and culture that shaped a generation live on, and my own path through the world of rock and roll. Now look at them yo-yos, that's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. I want my, I want my MTV. Yeah, I want my MTV, and MTV is 40 years old. Does that count as middle age yet? When the MTV debuted uh, on cable, that would be today, August 1st. So it's 40 years old today, August 1st, 1981. So I was 12 years old. However, I didn't know it was happening and most of my friends didn't know it was happening. It would be a while before we heard about it and nobody I knew had cable television. So we were out of luck. I did have a friend who had on TV though. On TV was before cable. It was like a box you got that you subscribed to. And it actually had a little switch on it that said on and you turned it on and you could watch movies with no commercials. And he had a VCR. So needless to say, he was very popular. Me and my friends loved to go over to his house because of course we could watch all the movies and they had taped them all and stuff like that. But anyway, back to MTV. <laughs> One of the first videos I saw was I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I saw Goody Two Shoes by Adam Ant, or I think he might have been Adam and the Ants. Stand and Deliver. Of course, Rebel Yell, Eyes Without a Face, Men at Work, Big Country, which was a band from uh, Scotland, I believe, that was part of the New Wave thing, and a lot of New Wave bands. And of course, Duran Duran was everywhere. There were some kids who were really, I think Tony Basil was really, her video was really popular. You know that song, Hey Mickey. Hey Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. Hey Mickey. That was popular at school. <laughs> and I think that was a really early video that I remember seeing when the first time, one of the few times I saw him TV. I never really saw a video kill the radio star till much later or some of those very first videos. Um, And it was very limited because at the time uh, we didn't even have a TV because as a kid, I had been watching a lot of TV and every day I'd come home from school. My mom would ask me, Oh, do you have homework? And I'd say, Oh no, I don't have any homework. And so I would just go and watch TV. And so one day my parents got called over to the school and by the time I got home, there was no TV in the house. I was busted. So my parents were like, well, now you have all the time in the world to do your homework. 
work. So I don't think we had a TV again until like I was probably 14. So I was always going over to friends' houses to, you know, watch something. And um, those videos, those early videos really did, you know, it was different than reading in a magazine or listening on a radio because now you saw them performing the song. And a lot of those early early videos, they were very conceptualized, you know, uh, about, you know, it gave you an idea about what the song was about. And, um, you know, whereas later on, a lot of artists said, oh, you know, we don't want to do that because... We don't want to give people an idea about what the song is about. We want to just do a, a live thing so people can get a taste of seeing us. And, you know, they can make up their own minds about what the song is about. But those images, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're important. And when you think of the song now, you know, I think about dancing with myself. I think of Billy Idol on the top of that skyscraper with all those rag muffin people or whatever climbing the building and you know and of course it was very controversial because you know some of the videos were banned and if a video was banned then it just seemed to make it all the more of course desirable and everybody wanting to see it and I think um it was actually out of a video that uh I think Madonna was the one who really sort of pioneered that. I think one of her videos, which is eluding me now, was banned by MTV. So her and Warner Home Video put it out on video and it sold like God knows how many millions of copies. I'll let you look that up. If you guys are interested, you can go look it up and that'll give you something to do. That way you're not just... uh, you know, I'm not just giving you all the information. You get to do what I had to do, which was go and find the information, go and find the records. <laughs> but as time went on, especially with, you know, the big video premieres and, you know, Madonna, Michael Jackson, Duran Duran, and even Bruce Springsteen got into action and did a bunch of music videos uh, that were, you know, hugely successful with his album, his breakout album, Born in the USA. And so MTV sort of became like radio. It became the top 40, you know, and uh, then you had shows like, you know, 120 minutes. I think you had Headbangers Ball. I think Matt Pinfield was on that. Also, too, in terms of VJs, I remember Martha Quinn because a lot of times artists would do interviews on MTV and then they'd end up on their album. Like uh, when Billy Idol, his first album after Generation X, it wasn't his album, but it was uh, an EP called don't stop with uh money money on it and the untouchables and uh, i think a couple other tracks holdovers from gen gen x and i think like the uh at the end of the record you had an interview with billy idol and martha quinn and so there was that type of thing going on 
So it was sort of like this, you know, one hand washes the other and this whole ecosystem of music, which was really cool. And the production values, of course, went up as time went on. But I also think it was something that was so cool that it really couldn't last. <laughs> you know, I mean, even though, you know, you had, later on you had VH1, which I think was part of the MTV networks. And uh, they had some pretty cool stuff on there. I really got into the kinks and through storytellers. Um, that show they had, which I think, I'm not sure, but I think it was developed by Ray Davies of the Kinks. And he went on there and he told the stories of, you know, some of the Kinks songs. And I had only really been into, like, You Really Got Me. I knew them from Van Halen and stuff like that, other artists doing it. But I hadn't really done a really big deep dive. And that show really made me fall in love with them. And I did, uh, yeah, I'm Not Like Everybody Else on the Joybox album. And, of course, when my album that I did way back in the 90s, 1997, and it had never come out, and we put it out in uh, 2013, finally. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we thought we'd do a music video for fun. So uh, I spoke to a friend of mine um, and colleague, Marisha Camp, who took a lot of pictures of my band and, um, and of me, and did a fabulous job at that. And uh, she also, the cover, the picture on the album cover for Generation Zero is a photo she took. So I asked her to do the music video. We decided we were gonna do the song 2017. And I couldn't figure out, uh, you know, I had said, well, it'd be cool if we could get someone to be in the video, you know? And um, at the end of the day, you know, one thing led to another, one idea, and nothing happened. But her brother was Jesse Camp from MTV, MTV VJ, and, uh, and musician and uh, actor. And so she, he agreed to be in the video, and that was really cool. And I was, of course, I'm very grateful to him for, for doing that. And he even did a little cool film uh, promo for the video, which was really cool. So that's my only connection with MTV. My videos were not on MTV, <laughs> but, uh, you can still see them on YouTube. And the great thing is that we have YouTube there now. So people can, you can see all the videos you want, you know, and create your own playlist. Right. But, uh, also, too, when I first came to New York and having the Virgin Megastore in Times Square and then the huge studio across the street. And um, I think that was Total Request Live that was always going on. But it was so exciting and it was so perfect for Times Square. It really, you know, it was happening. There's a lot of stuff happening. And, uh, of course, you know, New York is always happening, but that was perfect for Times Square. And, you know, uh, so uh, I'll leave it there. 
happy birthday, MTV. And uh, it's too bad you don't play music anymore, but, uh, you know, you can always change that, right? I'll also say on this other note, while I'm thinking about it, uh, I also think MTV, thinking about how, you know, the contribution to the greater culture, I guess you could say, for good or and bad, <laughs> but... I think the real world and all that stuff that they started in the early nineties when they, you know, were slowly, you know, getting rid of music and going into like reality programming. I think the argument could be made that they created the whole reality thing that Bravo and a lot of these other networks picked up on. And of course they still do the VMAs, I think, and the movie awards thing. And it's all like a great show. But it was something else in the 80s, being able to see that. And those images do stay with you with the songs as well. You know, of course, it's about the music. So anyway, I want to thank you for your continued support of the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for sharing, for liking, if you're on YouTube, for clicking the bell. And... uh Keep on rocking and I'll see you next time. And we do have some new guests that will be coming on. So stay tuned for all the good stuff. Eddie Stars, the College of Rock and Roll Knowledge, is a production of Tonup Incorporated. Copyright 2021 Tonup Incorporated.